where we won't let the industry tell us what to do, and your success will come in many forms and fashions. This is Real Estate Your Way. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of Real Estate Your Way. We are truly excited to bring our special guest, Mariah Unruh, to you today. You're going to love hearing from her. I've gotten to know her over the course of the last few, well, I guess a year or so. I don't, with COVID, nobody knows what time it is anymore or how long it's been, but uh, she is a phenomenally talented person. I was joking with her before we started recording that every time I see her or talk to her, she's been promoted again. So uh, I think you'll realize pretty quickly why she is incredibly bright and sharp and there's a ton of wisdom. So we're excited to dive in with her. But before we start, Mark, man, I know you're just on vacation, buddy. We we're just talking about it, but uh, you went skiing and su- got, somehow got sunburned. So yeah, man. When you go I, skiing I and your time. <laughs> when you go skiing in 75 uh, or 65 to 70 degree weather and the sun is full blaze and you're at altitude. Yeah. It's actually, uh, yeah. The, usually you're covered when you ski. You don't think about it. And then you take all those layers out because you're hot and I just got, I got burned up. So I'm glad, awesome. I'm glad this is audio. Yes. Well, you look kind of like a raccoon. So to paint the picture for our audience, a, a, a beautiful raccoon, thank obviously. You, but thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, man. I'm glad you guys had a good time. I've never been skiing. It terrifies me. I don't like heights. I don't like doing anything going fast. I'm a pretty boring kind of guy. So How that's are we why friends? I'm here. In front of, I, I don't know, man. We've never talked about that before. So, well, we are so excited. Let's get in. Uh, I want to introduce Mariah to you and then have her introduce herself. But uh, Mariah is an experienced, award-winning real estate professional. She has had more than 19 years of entrepreneurial know-how, accomplishments, and business acumen and positioned her to carry out the pivotal role of area director for Northern Virginia. She's excited and eager to help agents reach their highest levels of success to be a part of the growth of the region, cultivate relationships, and attract area realtors and work to get together to grow the Keller Williams Capital Properties culture and to increase the charitable outreach in the community. I could say a lot more about her, but that's a brief introduction to who she is. She's been around for a long time. Her husband is also a real estate agent. She's also a busy mother of three, lifelong resident of Northern Virginia, and very passionate about real estate, life, and just helping other people succeed. And she even enjoys, if she has free time, which she probably doesn't, uh, playing the guitar and practicing her aerial silks, which that's interesting. We haven't had anybody that does that, uh, especially like me, someone afraid of heights. So Mariah, thanks for joining us. We are truly excited to have you and for our listeners to learn more about you. So thanks for coming on the show. Garrett, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. We're super excited to have you. So I, I read a brief introduction of, of who you are and there's certainly a lot more to it, but kind of just tell us your story. Start off by telling us how you got to where you are. Those 19 years of being an entrepreneur. Walk us through what that story has been like and just share that with our audience. Ooh, well, it's been a long and good story. Um, I remember my branch leader at the time, um, actually I was a bartender before I got into real estate and he used to come in and say, Oh my gosh, you need to get into real estate. And then one day actually decided to do that with my husband um, because we did have three kids that we were raising and wanted to get some stability and uh, consistency in our lives. And so we began the real estate journey. Um, he, our manager at the time, he says, go out there and get the business, Mariah, and we'll figure out what to do with it after. So after <laughs> back then there were, Very you nice. know, called newspapers um, and we were going through uh, the for sale by owner and came across a new home builder and ended up scoring 23 new home listings within nine wow. days of our career. So that kind of sets the tone with how it all began. 
Wow. So was bartending harder or real estate harder? Ooh, that's a, that's a toss up. <laughs> I, I hope at least when you make more money, similar. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're very similar. They're very similar. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's all about relationships and caring about people and anticipating needs and uh, crushing anything that could uh, bring a good mood down. Right. <laughs> hmm. That's awesome. So, okay. So you are a bartender and what is your husband doing at the time? Bartending. Oh, okay. But so you're both bartending, but you've got three kids, right? Yep. How, how are you even managing that? How are you pulling that off? Like your time and... Dual career. Well, obviously, uh, started the days early. Uh, definitely were big proponents in following a schedule. Um, we needed to, you know, have a calendar, at least try to wrangle us in. Um, lead generation was always on that calendar. It's a part of life now. I remember back when I started, it was like, Gosh, it's so hard to sell a house and now I got to do it all over again. And then it just becomes <laughs> like a thing, right? Like then you're right. just used to doing it. Um, yeah, so definitely um, staying very organized in that schedule and making sure that there's enough balance, um, you know, not only with the work, but with the children. Yeah. So, okay. So you guys are bartending and yeah. a manager comes over to you and says, hey, you should try real estate. Walk me through like what was in your mind and and at what point did you actually make that transition? Was it quick? Were you trying to do some research? What what brought you? And I'm always interested that real estate is such a crazy world, right? It takes a very unique person, uh, those of us who have done it and survived in this industry. So uh, what was your mindset going in? Kind of walk us through that experience as you were transitioning into the real estate world. <laughs> Ooh, well, back in your twenties, I, I if well, are you still twenty? I don't know. <laughs> Thirty four. Thirty four. Back when you're younger, you you know, you kind of do things without thinking about how that could turn out. You know, so I I was pretty fearless in that. However, I do have to. Um, give my props to my husband because he was the deciding factor. You know, like, hey, this is what we should be doing, and I think this will create a life. Um, that we can be proud of. And I, it took a little bit for me to jump on board by a little bit. I mean, you know, maybe a, a beer and a conversation and I decided that was a good way to go. And so we did it. Wow. So, okay. So you're getting started nine days in you meet a builder, right? And now all of a sudden you have 23 listings. So how did that even happen? You know, how, how do you get that nine days in? Do they know you're nine days in or how, how does that well, even heck work no, out? No, you fake it till you yeah. make it. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, authenticity has always been um, a key player or key role in our lives. Um, being true to who we are. Um, of course, we didn't go to the listing appointment saying, hey, guess what? We just got in real estate nine days ago. Um, but, you know, <sighs> knowing that we're getting into houses, learning everything about houses. Like I, I have always been really good at design and those kinds of things. And that's what matters in new construction. And then also, you know, when you get 23 listings, um, there's certain commitments that you have to make. And, you know, we were, I was going to pick every sample with every person that was going to buy all 23 of these homes. So I put the hours in and this guy knew this builder, knew that we were going to be committed to the success of this project selling out. Hmm. You talk about authenticity. Why do you think that builder chose you so early on in your career? 
Well, um, I definitely think having two realtors at the time, you know, it wasn't like teams weren't a big thing yet. Spouses hmm. selling houses wasn't really a huge thing yet, you know, back in our day. No. Um, so, you know, you got two for one, first of all. And then, you know, Mike was always very talented in other things. So together we were like a phenomenal pair. Um, and I think that led to great success in, in that team um, of spouses selling houses. So yes, the authenticity and, and commitment and then, you know, okay, well, we'll try this out and I want the right to cancel. But of course, once we dug in, you know, we were in it and there was no way we were going to fail. Yeah. Mariah, did you know this builder? Did, was this a relationship you had created through bartending and your network and everything? Or, or was it just a cold lead that you chased down? So we did get a lot of clientele from the the bar relationships. Honestly, even to this day, we still have some of those clients um, reaching out to us and still our biggest cheerleaders. However, this was a complete cold call. And if you know me, man, I don't like cold calls. Like we are now, you know, 92% referral business on the team aspect. And me as a uh, area director, a team leader, you know, attracting talent. It's all about referrals. I, I, whew, it makes my palms sweaty when I think about cold calling. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> that's why we're here as well. No, but I, and that's a great question, uh, Mark. But, but one of the things you just said that I, I think was really cool, Marias, you said a lot of the relationships you built from the bar turned into clients, have remained clients, have remained friends. And I think one of the, the important things for us to remember wherever we are in life is the relationships we make. We leave a good or bad impression, right? And and the relationships that we have from I helped Mark buy a house, and the relationship that he and I built led me, you know, not just me but him too, and his investment in it is why he got hired as our CEO, you know, and the opportunity that came with it because of how he interacted and how he cared. And I think as as a culture, we tend to not take as much care on the people that are in front of us and and care as well as we should for the relationships that we could potentially have. You're a bartender. You could just go in and clock in and out and it is what it is, right? Or you could say, every person's important. I'm going to actually develop relationships. You didn't do that because at the time you didn't know we're going into real estate. You didn't know that that was going to lead you to a sale of a home, right? That's not what was in your mind. You thought, I'm here. I'm going to serve these people well and I'm going to take care of them. And that was your goal. And at the end of the day, the byproduct of that was, guess what? In a lot of ways, it helped you launch your real estate business. I think that's amazing and a great thing for us to remember. So, okay, so you get started, you and your husband, you launch with this new construction person right right away and you've got 23 listings, but that was 19 years ago, right? So walk us through, how, how are you, where you are today? Kind of run us through the story of Mariah and your, your entrepreneurial journey. Ooh, it certainly, certainly entrepreneurial rule. <laughs> Yes. So, you know, in 2005, we always wanted to be, we've always believed in education and training. Um, even after 19, 20 years in this business, um, I'm learning stuff every day from new agents, from seasoned agents. It doesn't matter. Like every day I'm listening and I'm learning and I'm watching. Um, so we got our associate broker's license together in 05. Um, we kept on chugging along. I mean, you know, we had a big office um, and we were top producers year after year. Um, Centurion, Triple. 
Soul, whatever, you know, like all the awards year after year to where, you know, they, they collect dust and it doesn't even, that isn't, it's representative of the success, but it doesn't at all represent the relationships and the blood, sweat and tears that went into that. So right now it's like, I'm trying to figure out what to do with these trophies that are tarnishing and are so old. Like I, I think there's a good use. I just haven't thought of it yet. Um, so um, I get in 2012, we came over to Keller Williams and um, you know, that was a pivotal moment in my life for sure. Um, you know, there's these moments that you get to decide. Um, I always think of that poem, two roads diverge in the yellow wood, right? And you're standing there and just thinking, which way do I go right or do I go left? And if you're like me, like I don't have 10 year plans because my life has always been better than any plan that I could think of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I go right and, you know, who knows what would happen if I went left. Um, we came to KW because it's honestly, I probably would have stayed at the same brokerage forever. I'm very loyal. Um, but there was a ceiling that I hit, um, and that Mike hit and every day seemed a little bit groundhoggish, right? Like day after day, you're doing the thing. And even though every day is different, it becomes the same. And especially after you're doing it for 12 years. Um, also, I guess the intersection of my life, you know, my, my kids were, growing up and going off to college and, you know, who was I, what did that mean? What did that leave me with? And so, you know, for a little bit of that entrepreneurial journey, (laughs) um, I had to rediscover myself, you know, a time or two. Um, and that meant going out and traveling the world and doing flash mobs when those were a thing. And, you know, uh, challenging myself to do things that scare me, like climbing silks 30 feet up and then just trusting that I tied myself upright so that I don't like fall and, you know, get paralyzed or die. Um, and those kinds of things, you know, I didn't have those feelings for so many years because I was a mom and I was raising kids and I was an agent. And, you know, if, if a client needed me to go over there and clean a toilet, I would absolutely do that. Like I'm, I'm down and dirty. Like we're going to get this done and whatever it takes is exactly what I'm going to do. And I've always cared about everybody that we work with to the fact that, you know, they are family and friends, even, you know, back in the bartending days, most of the people at our wedding were people that came into the bar. So, um, I've always, always believed in the power of relationships and you're right. It did propel our whole career. Um, so then coming over to KW and, you know, getting on the agent leadership council, it showed me that I was on this springboard platform to be able to do exactly what my purpose was. And for so long, I thought my purpose was to raise three kids who are respectful and assets to the community. I thought that was my whole life purpose um, because I was a young mom and I was told, you know, that I was going to fail. And so I spent most of my life trying to prove people wrong um, and also add value to our community. Um, And then I realized uh, that there was a much greater need and exactly what I was born to do. I haven't even scratched the surface yet. So then I began to deep dive into, you know, purpose and I don't know. So then I guess I went from being an agent to a managing broker and still an agent. And then, um, our operating principal asked me to come open, relaunch a market center. And I did that in Stafford. And I guess I did that pretty good because then they asked me to come into uh, the Fairfax Market Center and then also the Springfield Market Center, um, which after the pandemic, we had to merge together. Um, 
Yeah. So, and, and here we are, area director, Northern Virginia and team leader Stafford and co-team <laughs> We think still, because you've been on here for 15 minutes, so you might've been promoted again. <laughs> it's possible. I think that's possible. No, I, I love that story. And I mean, the reality of um, your experience in trying to raise three kids and do it with your husband and, and try to figure all this out. What would you say, this is kind of a side topic, but what would you say to the young mom right now who's got kids and is trying to be an agent and figure it out? And you said people will tell you you're going to fail. What would you say to that person to encourage them in what they're trying to do? Huh. Everything in our life, you know, you can either, when you have a challenge or an opportunity, you know, you can either grovel in self-pity or you can dust your knees off and you stand up tall and you say, you know what, I'm going to knock this out of the park. And every day when you get up and you know you're going to knock it out of the park and you're asking yourself, who am I going to help today? It it makes life pretty easy and pretty fun. Um, so my advice would be, you know, when you know what's important to you. And back then, you know, my one thing was my children. Absolutely. And your one thing I believe changes often throughout life. Um, you know, now that they're adults, they don't need me. Obviously all my focus isn't into going into that. You know, a lot of my focus is poured into my work and I love what I do. So it's keep your eye on the ball, know what it is you're doing and go after it. And don't let anyone put restrictions. You would never tell your children you can't do something, right? You're going to tell them the world is at your feet. Do what you want to do. Well, remember that. And, you know, don't let um, a lack of confidence or fear keep you from anything. And if you are feeling fear, that's the juice that's going to keep you going, right? Like if you don't have butterflies in your stomach every day, man, you're doing something wrong. You need to change it up because if you don't feel and you're not growing, then you're dying. And none of us want to, you know, I'm not stopping until, I don't know, fat, <laughs> never. <laughs> we ain't ever stopping. <laughs> That's right. I guess I need to go skiing with you, Mark, because it scares me. Yep. Hey, man, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, anything with speed is fun. I mean, you just need to, you need to live a little bit. See, I'm going to, put Mariah on speed dial. So when I'm having one of those draggy mornings, I'm pretty sure just her voice alone and that energy, it transitions pretty, pretty strong. So yeah, I mean, I've seen that consistently across a lot of the high achievers we've been interviewing is just like that, that no, no matter what, that high energy that I'm going to do it and they'll find a way. And what, what a, what a, now I understand why people are drawn to you and wow, recruitment um, is probably re really strong in your market centers because people look at you and they hear what they're capable of. Yeah, I think that's so good, Mark, too. And Mariah, I'm sorry if, you, if I cut you off there, but uh, you're 100% right, Mark. I think the reality is one of the things that I appreciate about you, Mariah, and just like you said, Mark, these high achievers is they look at people and they treat them based on what they think they can achieve, not where they are right now. How does that play out in your world, Mariah? I mean, you're, uh, you, you said you're with Keller Williams now. You're a team leader. You're a regional manager. You're CEO. You're, you're the owner all of a sudden. And I'm just kidding. But, um, you're, you're developing all of that and you're treating people this high level and they're coming over. Why are people choosing Keller Williams? You know, is it the relationship with you? Like kind of walk us through what, what ultimately is attracting people? Why are they making these kinds of decisions? Kind of walk us through what that looks like. I remember when I was asked to be a team leader in Stafford, um, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to recruit agents. No, -uh. that isn't what I do. And 
um, Bo Mankiti looked at me and he was like, you're not going to recruit agents. You're going to attract talent. And I, you know, that took away a lot of, well, fear, you know, when you're comfortable, you're not growing either, right? Like if you're too comfortable, you got to push those boundaries. So yes, you need to go skiing and you need to go skiing this year. I hope I hear that you did. (laughs) If not, we're going to drag you out there because I just went skiing for the first time in my life last year and I loved it. Um, But back on track, Um, (laughs) I would say, you know, I, okay, I'm not one of those people you're ever going to have to feel uncomfortable because I'm looking and checking my phone. If I'm with you, I'm with you. I'm not distracted. And I want to hear, like, I make it very easy to talk with me, right? And people want to be heard. And how do we know what it is that is missing? That what, what gap could I fill in your life? If I have a toolbox and I don't listen to hear what proper tool I'm going to use, then I'm, I really suck, right? Like I, I'm not good at my job and I'm trying to inflate my own ego. And that's not what life is about. Like, you know, when, when you get to be in your forties, um, you know, you look back and, and your kids are grown and you realize how fast that went. Every second matters. And whether it's a good conversation or a horrible conversation, and and what if it's someone you never even want to see again, you still learn something out of that conversation. So every moment is, is important and be present. And so many people these days aren't exactly present because you're doing 20 things at one time. Like I'm going to check Facebook and I'm going to return this email and I'm going to be on the phone and you're not really doing anything good. Put the phone down and be present. And so I think I attract people because I'm, I'm really theirs for that time that I'm there. I, I want to hear what it is, what journey they're on and can I help? How can I help? Who am I going to help today? Um, So listening. And then I think, you know, once they're attracted to me and we have a relationship and, and vice versa. There are people that they didn't really like my energy. They don't, they, they think I'm full of fluff or they might not even understand that what I'm, what I am is genuine. Even my brother-in-law said that to me, you know, like at first I thought it was so fake. And then I realized you're like that all the time. And I am because life is better than I ever thought it could be. And how many blessings um, and how much difference we can make one person at a time, one relationship at a time. And that's how the biggest and greatest anything is built is one at a time. So at first it might be me and then it's the company and the tools. I mean, you know, Keller Williams, it, it's an awesome environment to be in a great community of sharing and collaborativeness, all things of which I hold high. You said it made a huge difference in your life. How? How did it shift? You know, I think people think, and just to follow up, sorry. So I think uh, people think like well, every company is the same. You know, you're you're in a broker. You're with one broker. You're with another broker. Like it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's about you. Whatever, and and mostly true, I would say. But why did ma- shifting brokers and moving brokers make a big difference in your life? I learned early on, you know, who you surround yourself with matters. You know, some people get that and some people don't. Um, 
And it's true. You always want to be the least successful person in a room so that you're, you've got higher to grasp, like higher to reach for and strive. And, and, you know, I always want to get better and I want someone to challenge me and, and make my stomach hurt with butterflies. Right. Um, so sitting on, um, a the ALC, the Associate Leadership Council, um, I was appointed as the culture chair. And I didn't realize how much impact I could have by just merely providing a way that people could give back. There are so many people that want to do something, but they don't know where to start. And then we don't have the time to figure out where to start. So all I did is figure out where there's need and then ask people, hey, and, 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 not that fake kind where you're doing it to get a good picture, to pretend like you're doing something good. No, like really wanting to do good and and getting a group of people together that feel the same way is really easier than it's out. Is it time consuming? Absolutely. It took a lot of time to get people together on board. You know, we've we've raised so much money through the years. We build playgrounds for children diagnosed with leukemia who actually, you know, in this pandemic, we've gotten to live their life. This is exactly what they deal with every day of their life. So there's so many people that want to help their neighbor and they just don't know how or they don't have the time. So if you press the easy button and you make it like, just show up here and we're going to make a difference together, watch and see how many people turn out. So how did tra- change that? Well, before you know it, I'm doing what I love. I really, really, I love to think of, you know, fundraisers, how we can figure out how to get people together. And those are the most successful is when we, you know, we get live music. Everyone loves music and, you know, good food and libation and, and networking and having conversations and really dancing and enjoying each other. Um, and then add in a silent auction with all the things that people have these days. You know, everyone's got a business of some sort, you know, jewelry or, you know, some skincare or soap, like all these people that we know, what is it that you, what is their part and, and being able to identify that and um, giving people a, an easy way to do what they're good at and help the community. Um, it, it's really, it's, it's, it's simple. <laughs> it really is. But I didn't, I didn't realize that I was that vessel to connect people to do this work that needs to be done. So I am. And through the years, you know, this recognition comes and, you know, I've got these trophies and glass wards and culture icon things. And, and that's not, it's really what those mean is that there's like a couple thousand people behind those, those awards and there's a lot of impact. And as long as I can keep on doing that, as long as I'm breathing, I'm going to be a happy person. Mariah, you said earlier that <clears throat> you're always present. Is that something that you've had to cultivate or do you think it was been natural for you? I know how annoyed I get when someone isn't fully <laughs> present with me. Um, and I, I've got a, you know, I, I had a very challenging upbringing. And so I had to be aware of the moods of the people around me in order to react fast and keep it smooth. Um, so I would say I learned it at a very young age based on the way I grew up. Mm. And I mean, that's definitely a, a common theme for a lot of people, right? Just we're a distracted culture more than ever before. Um, we don't have phones anymore. We have computers that we walk around with and stare at. And so there's so much calling for our attention at all the time. Um, and I know that 
your your success is going to be tied heavily to that if you are able to be present. So, uh, for those who don't do it naturally, what's one thing you would recommend um, as as a actual practical help with making that transition? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, first off, you can you can learn to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says bull crap because I'm like every day I'm trying something that scares me and that, you know, skiing is one of those things. It scared me, you know, cause I didn't grow up in, on snow. Um, I, you know, in the ocean, I am fearless, but in the snow, I'm not cause it hurts when it's icy. Um, and you go really fast, but I do love speed. Um, so I would say first off is instead of being so quick to say no to things that you're scared to do. If you're scared to do it, ask yourself, why am I saying no? Because I'm scared to do it. And then change that to a yes. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm scared to do that. So let's do it. Um, and another is, you know, definitely just small practices. Like you've got to keep doing something to make it a habit. So, you know, when you're sitting there with your little tiny humans at the dinner table, understand that it doesn't stay that way forever and they do grow up and you're going to miss those days. So put those phones aside. There are no devices allowed at the dinner table and start with little rules like that. When we are doing this, we don't do that. Um, and so, you know, you're then, also helping, you know, the generations that are coming up. Um, and always, always, we're going to need relationships and each other and um, getting out of some of those habits, even though, I mean, at work, yeah, we might need to have 20 screens and work is easier now, right? Like I can, we can go to the beach and still ratify contracts and that kind of thing. But don't be doing that so much that you're not seeing that your, your child just surf for the first time. Um, and, you know, when you truly, truly remember that every moment is one to be savored, you change the way that you are. It, just stop, think, and do. That's good. I should never have brought up skiing. I feel very uh, regretful <laughs> for that comment. But <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I love that too, Mariah. I think it's number one, you mentioned earlier listening, like just the power of listening. And the reality is I think many of us would say, oh, no, no, I feel like I'm a pretty good listener. Well, you can't be if you're holding your phone and looking at Facebook, right? You're not doing that. It's not possible to give someone your attention. We even realized and admittedly, like my kids are three and one, almost four and two. We've got another one on the way. And they will realize like, hey, daddy, hey, daddy, hey, oh, sorry, baby. Like, I forget how easy and natural it is for me to pick up. And for me, it's not Facebook. I don't care about that, but it's my email or it's a text message or it's work or whatever it is. And, you know, even the other day, we're recording this on a Thursday. Tuesday nights is my wife and I are date night. And I had a bunch of calls I needed to call back, but our babysitter got here and I said, you know what? I got to leave these. These calls got to, they're supposed to be returned today. They're not going to be returned today. I need to be present with my wife. I'm not going to take my work phone. I need to be there because if not, what's the point? What's the point? And we went on a date while I was distracted the whole time. Like that's just not what she desires out of me anyways. And as you mentioned, Mariah, that's not how to have a relationship. There's no way. And and I think there's so much evidence to, so I talk about this in the class that I teach. In 2005, they studied 10,000 people. Those people on average had 6.1 close relationships. In 2015, just 10 years later, they they asked those same 10,000 people and they had 2.2 close relationships. They had lost four close relationships in 10 years. And I think if you fast forward to today, you could ask the same people, it'd be probably under two. And number one, that's the sad reality of the, of the country. But number, but number two, 
It's also with the rise of technology that has kept us distracted. We don't know anybody anymore because we haven't taken the time to listen. We haven't taken the time to engage. All we do is we think we know each other because I see you post on Facebook. And so I make a, I make an assumption about who you are. I decide who you are. And then, yeah, I know everything about you because I see all your pictures. Like, no, you don't, right? Because that doesn't explain how I feel or who I am or the depth of my challenges, whatever it's going on. And I just bring that up because Mariah, exactly what you talked about is the reality of being willing to listen and understand who someone actually is, right? And I love that you said earlier, if you've got a toolbox, you got to understand what tool that they need. No way you can do that if you're not paying attention to what's going on in the world around you. So if you want to make an impact, turn off your phone, shut things down, pay attention wherever you are, be there and be present with people. And I love that you talk about that so much, Mariah. It's really impactful. I think that's your superpower, Mariah. <laughs> Presence. Well, I mean, if you look at people these days now, I, I'm sure you're having many more lengthy conversations, right? People crave people interaction. And if you just listen, there's a need all around us. Our neighbors are suffering. There are people that are suffering, who are suffering. And, and, you know, maybe just making a dinner for someone, you know, once a year could change someone's life. Um, and you never know what you're, what you're going to improve by just being there. Well, I always like to say, what's the contrast, right? The opposite of presence is distracted and, and you're, you're, you're here, but you're really there and the opposite. But what, what, what do you think it is that draws people? So let's, let's wipe social media off. Like that's just mindless escapism, right? So it's easy for us to just escape into somebody else's non-reality or, you know what I mean? Like just, but, but let's talk about the work. You're a high achiever, Mariah, and you've got a lot, obviously a lot of responsibility on your plate and you also have a lot of attention uh, demands, uh, because especially for so many different areas. So I, I love it when we're in one area, most people around us can see all that's on our plate, but when we're doing like five things in separate areas, um, people don't see the correlations and it's easy for us to, to fill up that time. How do you, how do you create the boundaries to be present at home or even with a, with a, with an agent that you're working with? Um, how do you create those boundaries and still work at that high of a level? Cause there's obviously a lot to be done. Oh, yeah, there is. Um, well, you know, in almost any field, setting time aside and being religious in your your lead generation, I, I don't like those words. They make me uncomfortable, you know, but <laughs> I wish we had some glossy name to call that. But it is what it is, right? Like when you're an attorney, you're a lead gen and attorney. When you're a real estate agent, you're lead gen and uh, consult, whatever that is, you know. So our primary job is to to have conversations every day. Right. And so it's definitely, um, you've got to be good at setting boundaries and whether that be taping up a, a sign on the door, you know, is leave your name here and I'll come get you as soon as I'm done in an hour, you know, set, I would say communication is key. That, that is my integrity is my, you know, my thing. And if anyone ever steps those boundaries, like I, I have no tolerance for that, but I am a great communicator. I over communicate, um, always. And my favorite saying is under promise and over deliver, right? Like I'm going to tell you something and I'm going to deliver at a much higher, you know, promise than I gave you in the first place. Um, so it's, knowing what's important and what's going to move us forward and growth is important in moving us forward. So I'm going to protect that time. And then after that, 
I promise I'm going to come and give you my undivided attention. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. And Garrett, you know, you made an excellent point. And sometimes my work home boundaries get a little askew and I feel it like I am out of balance and I know, oh my gosh, I need a me day to reset and, and get back my priorities because on our tombstone, it's not going to say, Oh my gosh, you know, they came into work every day and, and they had this many conversations and they made this much money. None of that matters. When I was, when I was five years old, I had this reoccurring dream and I would say that this, um, was a huge factor in my whole life. It was, I had a dream that I had passed away and this is five and I had it over and over every night. Um, and there, I looked out from my, casket and there was nobody there. And always, always, I want, when I pass away, I want that room to be packed and I want people to be celebrating my life and, you know, bright colors. And so that's always driven me, right? Like I want to make a difference. And those are the things that leave a legacy. Those are the things that matter. I am proud of my mom. I'm a grandma. I am proud of my grandma. You know, those types of things um, are what's important in this life. Mm. I think that's so good too to to be, you know, one of the things that I just am so grateful for your story too, but also just my passion about working a business by relationship is that yes, there is an impact that we make on people when we help them buy or sell a home. But the greater impact is everything that happens before and after, right? The relationship. So for example, we've got a client right now, a, a couple, a young couple, they're trying to buy a house in this a road agreement, a daggone road agreement has caused us to be delayed for two weeks. They don't have anywhere to live right now. Their stuff is in a truck that they've been renting for two weeks that are worried they're, you know, the, the person's going to say, I need it back. What are they going to do with their stuff? Right. And all that stuff. And, and literally over the past day, I've spoken to them each for about three hours. Right. And I'm not saying anything. I'm just sitting there and listening. And the answer is, is that how I want to use all my time? Certainly not. Right. Like I'd like to do other things or be, purposeful and whatever, but what they need from me is just the willingness to listen. Just, you know, they know there's nothing else we can do right now. We're literally in the waiting phase. We've done everything we can possibly come up with and they know that and they just want to call and just talk and just be reassured and have me listen to what's going on. And so, yes, when they get into their house, great. That's a great impact to make on somebody. But I think the fact that along the way they were cared for, we emotionally understood what they needed and we were present for them, that's what's going to make a deeper impact. Because of that, we will be able to build a deeper relationship after the fact and continue to care for them. And that's, like you said, Miranda, that's really what people want at the end of the day. And that's what brings me joy. Buying and selling a home, that's great. Like I've seen a lot of houses. So if you, you know, I don't get that excited anymore, if I'm honest. If any of my clients are listening, I'm totally kidding. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I still love seeing houses. But right at the end of the day, that doesn't fire me up anymore. But it's the reality. If I can help you do this and care for you along the way, we can have a real relationship. Mark, I didn't know Mark really at all. And I didn't know his family. And now we have a real relationship and I care about him. I care about him deeply and his family. And it's because the focus was not get you in a house. Any agent can do that. The focus is how do I actually care for you for the rest of your life? Literally, that's my goal. How do I take care of you? How do I make an impact? And Ryan, you're a great example of that. And I think it's just a good mindset for agents to have. When we talk about transactional versus relational mindset, yeah, I mean, that's easy to understand, but I don't mean relational in terms of you just care for them and you got them by a referral. I mean, when that's done, it's not done. That's the smallest part of what you do. There's a lot more work to be done because those people need you to care for them and show up all the time. Mm-hmm. I, 
as I'm hearing both of you all talk through this, uh, and especially the way it impacts your business, I think I'm realizing that the transactional is so much more con- concrete and we, we think we have a, a quicker feedback loop, right? Oh, I've got to do this so I can get this to happen. And I, I have to do this. And there's so many things calling for my attention. Do, 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 do. <clears throat> but in order to be and to focus on relationships, it really, it takes faith. It takes faith that by doing the things that matter, by caring for people over whatever the task is, that things are going to work out. Because I mean, really and truly what, especially on the work side, like we're, we're drawn to the busyness because we're, it's either fear of, of things not getting done if I don't do it right now, or it's, or it's a, a, a fear of, of my income and producing what I need for my family financially. So, so many people are driven to that transactional out of fear and worry about just taking care of their bare necessities. Um, but it really, in order to just say, Hey, I'm not going to cold call looking for someone trying to buy a house today. I'm going to invest two hours in relationships on people who already bought houses from me just to care for them. And I believe and I have faith that those relationships matter and that the other side, the business side of things will work itself out. I mean, is that, is that really accurate to how you walk through it every day? Absolutely. And, and what I do now, you know, the people that I'm surrounded with, the people that I can't wait to see every day. I mean, to say work and home are separate, like we're, I'm at the office five, six days a week, right? Like I'm here and these people that are here with me every day, they become family. It is personal. You know, I do know what their thing is. I do know their favorite color. I do care about what's happening at their home and I want them to leave at a decent time. Um, and they're the ones, you know, they love me back and they're going to say, hey, you know what? I believe this person needs us too. So would you reach out? So referrals work in everything we do in life and referrals are from relationships. I think we can call it quits, Mark. Nothing else needs to be said. Now everybody needs to join what we're doing because Mariah just told you that's exactly it. Thank you, Mariah. For the record, I didn't tee her up to say that. She actually believes that. And, And it's true. I mean, at the end of the day, relationships are what you take with you. You know, my business could fail. I could live in a box, you know, my house could foreclose, whatever. Like I might make some terrible decisions financially, whatever it might be. Hopefully not, Lord willing, but my family will still be there. My relationships will still be there. Those are the things that have so much more value than anything else. Recently, we heard someone, Mariah, say, you know, I think my spouse should support me in my goals, which I agree. But they said, if my spouse came to me and said, it's either me or it's your businesses, they'd say, there's the door. Right. I'm going after my business goals. I'm like, that is completely anti what we think is true at all. Because your businesses, what are they going to provide you? Money, quote unquote success, like whatever that is. No, you just, you're going to give away your relationships. None of that makes any sense. Right. At the end of the day, the relationships have the greatest value of anything that we can have. And I think it's, it's it, what really, if you were to summarize that, it's a, it's a, um, they're very disciplined and driven people. But sometimes we, we forget to put, um, the target in the right place, right? We tie the results. It's great to be disciplined. It's great to be driven. But when you put the results in the wrong place, it goes back to that old, uh, leadership and management analogy that says, you know, uh, management is climbing the ladder, but leadership is making sure the ladder is on the right roof. And so just really, again, some of the high achievers we've gotten a chance to interview, so many of them, um, I'm just amazed by the clarity 
of their, not only their why, but what is it all about for them? And they, they know exactly what they want and they've put a lot of thought into it. So great discipline, great. You can get a results, but are you really focused on the things that matter most? And, um, I don't think you can go wrong when it's relationships and caring for people. It's just, it, you, you're, you might have to make a slight adjustment on the audience of that, but ultimately when you're impacting lives and caring for the, the success and the well-being of others, you're really just, there's, there's not much room for error there. In fact, no we've talked, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You telling that story about, you know, this, this person that would go with the businesses over the spouse. All I can think is, oh my gosh, let me add them. I want to have a conversation because there's something in that. I want to know what that's about because I guarantee you he needs a relationship or she or whoever. That's true. We tried and we failed. <laughs> we need to sit. We'll, we'll get them connected to Mariah. She'll take care of them. That's for sure. But I mean, I, I think all of that is so, and that's so true, Mark, as well. Every single person we've talked to that is a very high achiever. Not a single one of you have said anything other than my real focus is serving and helping other people. And guess what? You've achieved a ton of success by doing that. Not a single person has come on and said, the only reason I do anything is because I just care about me, 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 me. Right. And maybe that's just not who we're interviewing, but anyone that I've ever met that is at a high level, like you, Mariah, and other people that are really high levels, they are so outwardly focused that they will care. They will invest. They will take time to talk with me. And I mean, not in a rude way or to downplay myself, but I mean nothing to them. I'm not anywhere near their level, but those people say, you know what? But I want to stop and I want to help you. Because like you said, Mariah, you might be the one getting an award, but there's a thousand people behind you. Everyone understands at a high level. They didn't get there by themselves. They want to help other people along the way. And Mariah, that's something that I just have valued and so appreciated about our relationship. Though I don't know you super well, you don't know me super well, it, I can tell right away that you genuinely care about understanding how you can serve me. Right. And I'm not in your market. I'm not in your area. Right. Like that you can't recruit me. I'm already with Keller Williams. You can't recruit me and I'm not going to move. So the reality is, but you still just care about impacting and improving my life just because that's who you are. And that's what the attraction point is for people at the end of the day. So we appreciate you so much. What would be, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? that you'd want to share with our listeners? Oh, the best advice. Um, it, it was definitely, you know, we've talked a lot about these things. And number one is surround yourself with greatness. Surround yourself, you know, the people who you aspire to be, be around those people. Um, when I'm out there looking for talent and who I want to be in business with, you can a million percent be guaranteed. I'm not trying to get any kind of number. I'm trying to get the right energy because the wrong you know, negative will take us so far back. So you've got to align with people that are moving in the direction you are. Um, and then also, you know, keep those butterflies in your stomach. Like, you know, if you aren't feeling excited, if you're comfortable, then you need to stop doing what you're doing because you're, you're not, you're not helping yourself. You're not living life to its fullest. Life's too short. If you don't have the butterflies, you're still in the cocoon. Yeah? 
That's pretty good. Sucker. That's pretty good, I think. Well, hey, Mariah, thank you so much for joining us. Genuinely, we could, I didn't even realize how long it had been, honestly, because I was just having fun listening to you and having a conversation with you. So uh, just grateful for you to spend your time and your energy and share that with us today. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us. How can our listeners learn more about you or from you or how can they connect with you if they want to connect with you more? Oh, Lord, Google search bar. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we, we're, we're on all social media, Mariah Unruh um, or M Unruh at kwcapitalproperties.com. Um, yeah, if you want to find me, you will. I'm the only Mariah Unruh with two R's in Mariah. That's in the entire world. You heard it here first. That's Is that awesome. true? Are you literally the only one? On Facebook, anyway. <laughs> on Facebook. Wow, that's amazing. That's, that's the like world calling. <laughs> that is. There's like 3 billion people. So, Mariah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing your wisdom, your energy. Like I said, we are just grateful to have you and uh, so glad you could just be with Mark and I today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. Hey everyone, this is Garrett Maroon jumping on again to say thank you for listening to the show. I hope you loved this week's episode. And if you did, we need your help. Please subscribe, rate, and most importantly, send this to a friend that you think may be encouraged by it. And if you want to learn more about us, visit www.businessbyreferral.co and we would love to connect with you there. Thanks again for your support and we will see you next week.